This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. The Earth's temperature over the past eight years were the hottest on record, according to a new report presented in Egypt at the opening session of COP27, the UN's annual climate summit. The World Meteorological Organization also said sea levels are rising twice as fast as 30 years ago. After 48 hours of wrangling, delegates finalized the talk's agenda. For the first time, it includes loss and damage financing, which calls on rich countries, including those most responsible for historical emissions of greenhouse gases, to compensate poor countries for the consequences of climate change. Apple warned that COVID-19 lockdowns in China would hinder production of its newest iPhone. The firm said a factory in Zhengzhou, where the iPhone 14 Pro and Pro Max are assembled, was operating at significantly reduced capacity. In a separate statement, Foxconn, which assembles iPhones, said that its plant in Zhengzhou was introducing new COVID measures. That will mean fewer shipments and longer wait times, just as the holidays approach. Chinese health officials, meanwhile, reported the highest caseload since May and reiterated their commitment to a zero-COVID policy. Meta is expected to announce thousands of redundancies this week, according to a report by the Wall Street Journal. They will be the first large-scale layoffs since Facebook was launched 18 years ago. Meanwhile, Twitter has asked some sacked workers to return after cutting half of its staff last week. Apparently, dozens were laid off accidentally. American tech has already shed more than 45,000 jobs this year. Vladimir Zelensky, Ukraine's president, warned that Russia was planning mass attacks on his country's infrastructure. He said more than 4.5 million Ukrainians are already without power. The mayor of Kyiv told residents they should make contingency plans to leave in case the capital loses power. Meanwhile, Russian-installed officials in Kherson in southern Ukraine said the city had lost electricity and water because of sabotage. China's exports fell for the first time in two years, as the country's businesses struggle with a global economic slowdown and the government's zero-COVID policy. Exports contracted by 0.3% year-on-year in October. Analysts had expected growth of 4.3%. Shrinking exports will increase the strain on an economy already hit by a property sector slump and weak consumer demand. North Korea characterized its missile launches of last week as a simulated attack against its South Korean and American enemies and as retaliation for their joint drills. South Korean military officials said they recovered bits of a short-range ballistic weapon near its shore, and Japan's Prime Minister, Fumio Kishida, promised to increase his country's defence capabilities in response to both North Korean and Russian provocations. Ryanair, an Irish airline, posted a post-tax profit of 1.37 billion euros equivalent to $1.36 billion, in the six months to the end of September, a record for the first half of its financial year. The airline, Europe's biggest by passengers carried, expects demand to remain strong as customers switch from more expensive rivals. Several airlines are seeing high ticket sales despite soaring inflation. 
And fact of the day. 180 kilowatt hours a year. The amount of energy used by the average sub-Saharan African, excluding South Africa. That is less than the average American fridge. And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. What's at stake in America's midterms? Every two years, Americans go to the polls to decide which congressmen and senators to hire and fire. But Election Day on Tuesday has consequences far beyond Capitol Hill. Voters also pick representatives for their state legislatures, where most policy in America is made. They elect mayors, governors, and judges, and they vote on scores of local ballot measures. This year, that means deciding on abortion and voting rights, alongside many other issues. The midterms are an enormous democratic exercise. But American democracy is being questioned by some Republicans. A big theme of this year's midterms is the rise of the election deniers, who argue that the 2020 presidential election was fraudulent and that Donald Trump is the rightful president. Many of these candidates are running for local positions, such as Secretary of State, that oversee elections. Their victories in important swing states like Arizona and Michigan could affect how future elections are run. The 2024 presidential campaign is already looming. A Turbulent Time for Global Trade On Monday, the World Trade Organization publishes its annual report on global trade, the vast majority of which is conducted through the system the WTO oversees. It comes at a fraught moment. Global goods trade bounced back strongly after a deep downturn in 2020, despite many supply chain problems. In 2021, trade reached its highest level as a share of world GDP since 2014, and has risen again in 2022, according to the WTO's current estimates. But troubles loom. Over the coming year, growth is expected to slow sharply. America, China, and Europe are all at risk of recessions. Protectionism is increasing. Amid rising geopolitical tensions, China and the West are trying to reduce their interdependency for critical resources and technologies. America's forays into industrial policy, including the Buy America rules written into a new climate law, have irked its trade partners in Europe and Asia. In time, the post-pandemic rebound in trade may seem more like a last hurrah than a new dawn. How Western Weapons Are Helping Ukraine In the coming days, Ukraine will receive two National Advanced Surface-to-Air Missile Systems developed by Kongsberg, a Norwegian aerospace company, and Raytheon, an American one. In October, Ukraine received an advanced Iris-T air defense system from Germany, which has promised them three more. Slovakia provided a battery of missiles months ago. Such weapons are helping Ukraine protect itself. On October 10th, Nearly half of the missiles and drones launched by Russia dodged Ukrainian defenses. Now the country claims to be shooting down over 80% of the missiles and drones that come its way. The danger is still immense. 
Over the past month, Russian attacks have destroyed or damaged up to 40% of the country's energy infrastructure, triggering widespread power cuts. There are plans to evacuate Kyiv, the capital, in the event of a prolonged blackout. America wants to increase the speed with which it hands over six additional NASAM systems. For Ukrainians, these deliveries can't come fast enough. Pharmaceutical Firms' Uncertain Post-Pandemic Future BioNTech, the German biotechnology company that partnered with Pfizer to produce a widely used COVID-19 vaccination, releases its third-quarter results on Monday. They will be watched closely by those wanting to scry jab-makers' futures as the pandemic wanes. Pfizer, an American firm, beat analysts' expectations last week, reporting $22.6 billion in third-quarter sales. We believe our COVID-19 franchises will remain multi-billion dollar revenue generators for the foreseeable future, said Albert Borla, Pfizer's chief executive. Yet Moderna, another American vaccine manufacturer, fared poorly, citing complex manufacturing issues and writing off $333 million of expired inventory. Moderna, Pfizer, and BioNTech have increased the prices of their COVID-19 products to offset anticipated slowdowns and are under pressure to diversify their drug portfolios for a post-pandemic era. BioNTech is also hoping to drive sales with its new COVID booster jab, which has already proved more effective against the Omicron variant than the original version it developed with Pfizer. But as long as the coronavirus slips down government's agendas, even that might not bolster its bottom line for long. Bardo and the Burdens of Creation Artistic Angst pervades Bardo, false chronicle of a handful of truths, which was released in a limited number of American cinemas by Netflix on Friday. It will air on the streaming service in December. The film shows a journalist-cum-filmmaker through a midlife crisis, expressed through a fugue of memories and visions. The inciting event is an awards ceremony. Familiar territory for Alejandro González Iñárritu, the film's Mexican director, who has won Academy Awards for The Revenant and Birdman, among others. Silverio Gama, the film's fictional documentarian, finds that success does not soothe his discontent. Instead, he is haunted by ghosts from Mexico's conquistador past and the drug wars of its present, and wonders about his stature among his clubby colleagues. The film is an anxious examination of how an artist and his work are perceived, and on the pressure to seem sufficiently responsive to the concerns of the times. It joins a recent spate of films examining the challenges of creativity, notably Blonde and Elvis, two biopics about Marilyn Monroe and Elvis Presley, respectively. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers, and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Monday, 
which rock star recorded his first single under the name Davy Jones with the King Bees. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Marie Curie, born on this day in 1867. Nothing in life is to be feared. It is only to be understood. Now is the time to understand more so that we may fear less. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.